Hello there ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast, it's the first part of a two-part podcast for Wrestlemania. That's right, the Getting Over crew are doing the two-parter because it's a two-part Wrestlemania. How much wrestling is that? Whew. So, strap yourself in and enjoy part one. And if you're a YouTube watcher, check out our special introduction to the podcast. Speaking of uh, being a YouTube watcher, if you are watching us on YouTube, just click that subscribe button. Uh, If you're already a subscriber, get a friend to subscribe. If you're listening to us, do go and check out the video. It's a lot of fun. Uh, But if you do just like the audio, do subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. So here we go. This is Cookie Cast getting over WrestleMania Part One podcast special. Go. have reached the 30th episode of Getting Over, um, as we all have, so thank you very much for joining us once again, uh, and thank you very much to Santino for the lovely, lovely new introduction, so uh, back once again we have Mr. Andrew Cook, hello, Mr. Matthew Moore, hello, Mr. Paul Williams, howdy, and myself, Mr. Stuart Woodmansey. So we've got quite a lot to get through, and for the for the first time in a year, I guess <laughs> we've got pay per view running over two nights. So we are also going to do two separate podcasts to cover both nights of this year's WrestleMania. However, that is jumping ahead slightly, and we'll start where we always do with the Cookie Cast Getting Over Predictions Championship. So, regular listeners will possibly remember that um, a certain somebody sat right about here is the uh, the current reigning, defending, pay-per-view predictions champion. However, some people have called the reign into question on the basis that I've had to have a tie-break each time. Um, so, will it be any different this month? Well, out of a possible seven points from the Fastlane pay-per-view score... Uh, I'm pleased to say that we all fared much, much better this month with the scoring. Um, I'd like to say it is entirely down to the fact that we picked better, but it also probably helps that WWE pulled one of the advertised matches as opposed to half the card this time around. Um, So, yeah. So, out of a possible seven, unfortunately for Paul, being on the the, the tie-break top end of the card last time out, Paul was last with four out of seven. However, oh, that's, that's not too bad. It's more, more than half, isn't it? Halfway from half. Yeah, exactly. Um, however, the last... <laughs> yes, the last night you right. <laughs> the rest of us, all three of us, Andy, Matt, and myself, all scored five. So it was really... oh, so you only beat me by one? <laughs> yep. So, hey, they all, they all count, Paul. They all count. And, and really, shouldn't be giving the guy a stick at this point in time because uh, I had to contact Mr. Williams um, ahead of time 
to get this uh, this this month's tiebreak question in order. So, Mr. Williams, over to you. Right. So, obviously, as this is the WrestleMania preview podcast, I thought I'd keep it on topic, so to speak. So, gentlemen, your tiebreaker question is as follows. Over the course of the past 36 instalments, how many different people have contested the main event of WrestleMania? Duplicate appearances do not count. Wow, that is a good question. Uh, and, and I am going... So, on. obviously, there's been... So there's been 36 main events. I know that they always advertise there's two or three main events each year, but I'm talking about specifically the last match of the card of each of the 36 instalments. So obviously last year it was split into two nights. I want the the people that were in the very last match of the second night included in the total. So the total number of different people that have contested the main event of WrestleMania. Uh, so the last year you're saying Saturday night and Sunday night, or just no, no. the last, just the very last match of the overall WrestleMania. So with would would count Saturday and Sunday as one show. That's a great question. Uh, Sunday night would be the main event. I'll give you a couple of minutes to finalise your answers. Andy's shaking his head. Is Andy going straight in there? 104. Whoa! He's straight in there. Clearly know the answer, don't I? Obviously. Not even in the, not even in the remotest vicinity. <laughs> see, just see Matt now. His, his face is turning into that gif of the like the... All of the formula appearing and <laughs> beautiful mind <laughs> hangover. Are you taking, I think you're taking champions' advantage with the last guess, are you? Yes, please. Um, <clears throat> 67. Okay, Stu. I'm not sure it's going to be as high as that. So, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to take a real cheap shot here and go 65. <gasps> you dirty dirty bastard. Scumbag heel champ. Uh, he has he has he, he's pulled the scumbag heel move there, hasn't he? Um so the correct answer He's only thirty-eight. Wow. So obviously there's a lot. There's a lot of duplication there. So obviously the first nine, I think Hogan was in the main event of all but one, or something yeah. ridiculous like that. So obviously he takes up a lot of the slots. Uh, yeah, but I did. I did try and count them up, and I, I only got to thirty-eight. So by uh, by the process of elimination, that is uh, still still your reigning defending. Prediction champion is Mr. Stuart Woodman, see, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, some some people called into question the uh, tiebreak victories already, but after such a su- such a cheap roll up win on that one, I, 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 I'm going to get more questions now. That's it, isn't it? I mean, it's, that's, 
that's the epitome of he's held the ropes, he's pulled the tights, he's he's done it all. Well, I suppose at this point we should lay out that bear in mind we've got two nights worth of predictions, so there is a hell of a chance that I'm not going to get hardly any of these, and but also I suppose on the flip side it gives me more chance for a, a definitive victory to to consolidate. You would hope there'd be a clear win this time. <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, we'll let's get. Well, to you'd it. hope that of the forty-eight matches or whatever <laughs> that we've got to predict, you'd like to think we'd get a definitive winner, but you know. Of the um, 3,642 hours of wrestling that are happening this week, um, yeah, there might definitely be some, some differences of opinion. So, um, so yeah, so first off, like you say, we are doing two podcasts this time around to cover uh, WrestleMania, so thank you very much if you've taken the time to listen to us. Really appreciate it. You heard Mr. Santino Morella at the beginning of the podcast do all the usual stuff. Give us a like, share, and subscribe. And if it's your first time, how did you find us? Tell your friend how you found us. If it's not your first time, thanks for coming back. And, and uh, if you've not subscribed, like I say, you know what to do. Um, we will discuss the match setups for WrestleMania as we go along this time. So without further ado, let's get stuck straight into the predictions. So WrestleMania comes to us live this weekend from the home of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Raymond James Stadium. As with last year, WWE have decided the event is too big for one night. So let's roll out the same marketing again um, and as always with the uh, getting over podcast the match information I have is correct at the time of recording as per the WWE.com website um, so to, on to today's one we're going to focus on Saturday the 10th of April um, make sure you pop back and join us obviously for the next episode as well to get the uh, the second installment of the predictions and on the podcast we have seven matches scheduled for night one of all the festivities and the first of the matches that we're going to discuss is the women's tag team turmoil match this is the riot squad which is ruby riot and Liv morgan versus natalia and tamina versus ravishing glow which is lana and naomi versus dana brooke and mandy rose um, this match was only set up on raw this past week and it does kind of make sense because all four teams have been in and around the title picture of late for, for the women's tag titles. So it's quite simple. The winner of the match on night one challenges the current champs on night two. Uh, some of you may be wondering what a tag team turmoil match is. Uh, I was until I actually got to watch, watch through Raw and they, they did briefly explain it once, which either means what I'm about to tell you is exactly right or they might pull some sort of shenanigans because they only explained it once and they'll just change the rules by the time we get to the weekend so so we'll, we'll, we'll go with what they've said it's essentially a gauntlet match so two teams will start one will get eliminated, next team comes in and the last team standing wins so who would like to take the first prediction of Wrestlemania 37 is there any order being given out yeah, as to who coming out where and when? No, no order. There's, there's, because it was only thrown together this week, I imagine, well, from stuff that I've, I've seen floating around, there was rumours that it was going to be, like because the, they haven't announced the, the women's battle royal like they have in previous years. Um, 
And there was rumours that they were going to do it so that basically the last two women standing were the winners of the Battle Royal to form a tag team to then challenge the champions. But for whatever reason, they've decided against that and uh, they've gone with this uh, tag team turmoil match instead. But because it was only thrown together this week, they've not really got time to do the whole kind of match before the match and get any kind of order going. So it's, it's all felt a little bit last minute. I'll go straight and then uh, I'm just going to go Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke I think they've had quite a build and they've been involved quite a lot in a lot of, stu- in a lot of stuff so yeah good stuff Matt is the first one in the book Paul do you want to go next uh, yeah I uh, on, on a similar sort of vein I think they're going to go with the team that they've sort of tried to put a little bit of storyline in there for so I think this is where we're going to see Lana break her uh, championship duck, so to speak. Obviously, there was the load of, what was it, some like 10 weeks in a row where she was put through a table by um, Nia Jax in the, yeah. was it over, over the course of the summer? Um, and I think this is this is obviously the payoff where they'll, uh, they'll put her in the um, tag title. I'm, I'm loving that. I'm, I'm loving that, that you've already banished that thought to like the middle of last year, um, when it was probably only a couple of months ago. <laughs> yeah, but it was still last year, technically. <laughs> so yeah, okay, Andy. I haven't got that match on my list. Have you not? It's right at the top of the night one thing. No, I'm, I'm the. I'm, obviously, I've got it on, but I've just realised it's not on my other list. Oh no. God. Uh, do research. What the hell? <laughs> I, do, I do. I do every now and then. I mean, obviously, there's the fact that every time I've ever done any research, I've uh, I've absolutely run straight into a brick wall. But uh, so now I'm looking at I'm looking at this guy. Where is it? Where is it? It's funny because it's almost like you've taken part in the booking meeting for deciding who's going to win. Because I feel like they're going to just. <laughs> Stick a pin in the list of names already, and I don't, I, I'm not sure myself. Whilst, uh, whilst I'm, I'm, he's going, I, fan, I fancy going Dana Brooke, Mandy Rose on this. I think. Okay. I think. <laughs> I think. You know, split split decision and all that. Well. To, to nail the split decision, I'm going with Paul. So we are 50-50 on this one. So I've got the team of Ravishing Glow. Congratulations, the Riot Squad or... Yeah. I feel like it's the heel champion team. So they're gonna it's going to be a baby face that challenges them essentially on night two. I don't know if the Riot Squad have been on TV that much of late. Natalia and Tamina are definitely more of the heel duo. So it had to be one of the other two pair. Um, and for the exact reason that Paul picked of the uh, the, the table bashing, that's why I'm uh, I'm going to go for that as well. Okay, so moving on, next match on my listing is a steel cage match between Shane McMahon and Braun Strowman. So uh, as we sort of skipped over the fast lane results as such a little earlier on um, this match was originally set to take place as a one-on-one match on the Fastlane show uh, during the build-up 
of the the actual day of Fastlane, Shane has pulled like an injury angle and ducked out of the match, and he ended up leaving Elias to take his place and get absolutely smashed to pieces. Since then, Elias and Jackson Riker have both been doing the heavy lifting for Shane McMahon, as you'd, you'd probably expect. Um, but for a person who, in the build-up, has been calling Strowman all kinds of derogatory names with regard to his intellect, Shane then not only agrees to the match at WrestleMania, but also lets Braun pick the stipulation. Not really sure how that kind of doesn't... Yeah, anyway. Um, so Strowman has opted for a steel cage match in an attempt to keep Elias and Riker out of uh, proceedings. But will that be the case? And who do we think is going to win the match? Anyone want to go first on this one? Go on, Andy. I I can't see anything other than Braun Strowman winning this. I mean, obviously. <laughs> but I can't get past the fact that he's a giant man versus a <laughs> muck man. It's like, it, it, you know, it, it writes itself. Obviously, there will absolutely be interference in this. You know, 100%. But enough interference that Braun Strowman's not going to just walk this to a degree. So, yeah, it's Braun Strowman for me. Okay, I'm, I'm going to jump, jump in there as well with that. I'm also picking Braun to win the match. Again, I think there'll be a lot of interference. The only the only thing that niggles me slightly is the fact it is the steel cage variation in the sense of it could be an escape win. And one thing... I mean, I'm not going to get all full ready to grumble about this, but one thing that annoys me about the cage matches is when the referees these days just open the door for them. It wasn't like that back in my day. You had to actually <laughs> climb out properly. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm, I'm not a bit. I'm not a big fan of the uh, the spare ref opening the door. I think that's a bit of a bit of a cop out, really. But um, that does make me lean more towards Shane. But ultimately, agree with Andy. There's not going to be enough interference to stop the big man. I don't think so. Braun for me. Paul. Yeah, I I think the complete opposite of that because of that very reason. Um, I don't know whether it's something where they've got like a big debut lined up for a, like a big man to sort of come in and feud with Braun for the next sort of however many like months or whatever. But um, it, it just it, it's it's a very it's a very thrown together last sort of minute storyline as if they were like oh shit Shane hasn't got an opponent this year. Um, give him Braun and like I don't know if it's that thing where obviously last year Braun was the last minute replacement for Roman Reigns because of the pandemic issues and stuff like that so and then obviously got thrown into the title picture um, I don't know whether this is a sort of thing where are they going to are they going to give him like they, they put him on a bit of a tear to, to get him back into the title picture later on in the year and it starts with him getting screwed by a McMahon at Wrestlemania so that's that's the only reason why I'm going for Shane to win it in a in a bit of a shady dealing. Like someone will sort of like as as Braun's like getting ready to climb out, someone will like put the hand 
up through the canvas or something like that and grab his foot and stop him from getting out or something like that. Someone will stop him from being able to get Shane when he's climbing out of the, out of the cage. Okay. Right, you are down in the book for Shane McMahon as your prediction. So, Matt, to round us out on that one. I'm... I was, I was, yeah. I was, originally, I was going to go Strowman, and I, I was, I was going to make a, kind of some witty comment about Shane needed something to jump off, because that's standard kind of thing. And I'm kind of disappointed in the way that they've not given him the opportunity to jump off the fucking pirate ship, which yeah. would have been far better. <laughs> so really, and that kind of shows that they haven't really thought it through. Because if they would have really thought it through, he would have jumped off. He would have jumped if it was like a no, you know, like a no kind of no rules kind of fight anywhere type thing he would have managed to get him up on that on that pirate ship and he would have jumped off the pirate ship I reckon because they don't want they don't want Strowman to come out looking crap but I think they're going to find a way of like so you know obviously you know you grumbled about the the, the train noises was it did you grumble about the train noises last time yeah, yeah. and I wonder whether they're going to carry on revisiting that and I just wonder whether he's going to blast the pair of them through the the cage, and then Shane O'Mac's going to hit the floor first, and Braun loses that way. So I'm going to go Shane O'Mac in that scenario because then it still makes Braun Strowman look absolutely freaking awesome. But he still because it, it, it didn't was it wasn't last no not last year year before that. My, Shane McMahon beat the Miz, didn't he? By kind of sheer luck from like, jumping off shit, kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna kind of go with that. So okay, McMahon wins, but through Strowman lighting him up through the side of the cage. In the epitome of fifty-fifty uh, booking so far, both matches have had the same two answers spread between the four of us but both then in different ways so we've all got the same but all different so far if that makes so, any sense as, so as we know obviously the first match will go to either one of the two teams that we haven't picked and the second match will be the one that's the no contest <laughs> so, perfect well we'll move on to the next match and the moment that Mr Cook has been waiting for since he pressed record on this very very Abs- very podcast absolutely uh, because I get the opportunity to say the thing I love saying more than anything else <laughs> please continue so for the for the regular listeners you may have guessed we're about to talk about the raw tag team title match involving the champions the new day versus AJ Styles and the debuting Omos or Omas or however they decide that they want to say it on television this week so <laughs> n- not many people can say though that they got to debut at the biggest show of the year but this time around that uh, claim is, is taken by Omos after starting out as the doorman for Shane McMahon on the Raw Underground any, anybody remember that? Mm. It, it was a thing you weren't asleep it did happen <laughs> uh, it was then dragged after to Raw, uh, it quickly became the muscle in a little and large double act that we've currently got going on with the AJ Styles. I think quite a lot of people would have expected a bit more from AJ at WrestleMania, especially after the Undertaker encounter last year. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if the tag division is where he's going to kind of end up for a while and maybe try and dive in to help it out a little, or if this is just some sort of fleeting visit 
on the way back to a singles run. But either way, the, the New Day are certainly no slouches in the tag title matches, as we and Andy are well aware. Uh, so yeah, so the, the experience of the three men around the, the new guy uh, can only really help him out in this, in, in this situation, in my opinion. But will he be carrying tag team gold after his very first official match? Let's. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't want to say Andy's chomping at the bit there to uh, say anything bad about the New Day, but let, let, let him have at it. New Day getting absolutely smashed on this one. Getting, getting smashed. Absolutely. And I, they will hear me cheering from here when it happens. That's how, that's how much they're getting smashed. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure, but just for clarification, you want me to write AJ Styles and Omos, yeah? Yeah, I mean, if that's how you write it, I mean, I'd written New Day get smashed. But you know, if you if you want to write it officially, you know. I heard New Day there. Oh, you'll hear New Day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Tired as well. Yeah, there's there's two words that come before it though, and one of them's you. <laughs> so very very quick out of the blocks, and it gets the the first pick on the Raw Tag the title match. So, does anybody want to agree with him? Does anybody want to want to take Everyone. the next pick or? Everyone. Everyone wants to agree with me. Look, Paul's straight in there. Paul agrees. Matt agrees. Yes, I, I, I fully, fully agree with Mr. Cook on this one. I think it's uh, going to be a short reign for the new day. I think as well, it just sort of comes across to me as this is a bit of a box ticking exercise for Styles. It's one of the titles he hasn't held yet. So if he has the if he has the tag title belt, then he'll be a. Are they still classing it as a Grand Slam? Oh no, it can't be Grand Slam champion, but like Triple Crown or whatever it is they class it as, because they'll have had the world title, the secondary titles, and a tag title. So it's like a, it's another thing to sort of check off the list for him for his Hall of Fame career. So don't know why okay. I'm doing that because he definitely is a Hall of Famer. So. Okay, yeah. Well, you're in. You're also in the book then for the uh, AJ Styles No Moss victory, Matt. Yeah, I've gone AJ Styles and Omos as well. Okay, same same reasons, presumably. It just seems to have to build up Omos as this kind of guy, you know. And obviously AJ could eat the pin, but kind of it just seems a bit daft for him to go. All right, here's your debut. We're going to stick you in the tag titles that not we don't not we don't care about. But I think if it was against another team, you think, all right, well, they could, you know, they perhaps don't want to eat the pin. But the New Day, you know, they can eat the pin and still be golden, can't they, sir? I think it'll just be, it'll be a, like a they're quick kind of, They're kind of bulletproof at this point, aren't they? So. Yeah. Okay. Pop me at this house. <laughs> no, the, the, that's the one place they absolutely need to be bulletproof, sure. Bullet riddled. <laughs> what was that? Bullet riddled. What did you say? <laughs> I, I would love to go on a massive sort of you know diatribe now about how that's not going to happen and how that the power of positivity will indeed prevail. But um, I absolutely agree with you, gents. I cannot cannot see them having the big guy lose on his debut. Um, the the only way it's ever going to happen is if it then sets up a program between him and AJ Styles. But I just I just can't see it. Not yet. I think they'll they'll use the belts to get him. Oh, weren't they first, and then, and then there'll be something later on. 
He needs. Oh, he also. He also needs to have the tag titles with the red strap to uh, match his lovely mauve cardigan that he's been uh, sporting, as <laughs> as they've referred to it in the last few weeks. <laughs> obviously, obviously, we're discussing this as as the sort of the card, so to speak. But part of me didn't know whether to sort of say, is it this? Is this the sort of time where they could use a moss in the? He could be the big guy that they have for the Shane McMahon bailout thing, but. I don't know. I, I, it, it seems strange to have them on the same night if they're going to do it that way. But mm. yeah, just thought I'd throw that in there. Speaking speaking of the big man, um, we should probably at this point point out that the, the there are a couple of omissions from the, the podcast based on the fact they're not on the official WrestleMania card. So SmackDown this coming Friday is SmackDown WrestleMania. Where because they had two nights in a stadium that they quite clearly didn't have enough time to fit all of the matches into, so they put a couple on this week's SmackDown instead. So because they're not officially on the card, I've left them off. And the, the big man link is the fact that the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal is one of them. Um, the first information I saw on that match included a participant list that featured Virgil. Absolutely misinformation, but that would have been hilarious. And um, the the second match is the SmackDown tag team title match, uh, which is going to be a four way match to be determined this Friday. Uh, it just it, obviously that that fit in nicely because of the big man and the the, the tag title references. But the um, yeah, we've we, we've just I've just not gone with them purely purely for time. But it's uh, we'll see if if anything major happens, we will uh, we will let you know about that when we do the roundup with the results. So, moving on, we have next on the card, Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. Now, Rollins made his return at the Royal Rumble, um, and then the, the, on the SmackDown after, immediately started the program with Cesaro. Uh, there was this big meeting around the ring, if you remember, um, uh, Seth Rollins trying to get everybody to embrace the vision once again, and the uh, Cesaro was the one man left standing who essentially just laughed it off at the end of the segment, which uh, infuriated Rollins. Obviously, Cesaro had been the first person to point out that Rollins hadn't changed in his time away, and in the weeks since, has been, to the best of his ability, using the Cesaro swing to humiliate Seth Rollins, hitting him with one rendition that ran for 22 swings a few weeks ago. Having had enough of all that, Rollins then snapped, challenged the Swiss Superman to a WrestleMania match, which Cesaro duly accepted shortly before sticking him in the Cesaro swing once again, just for just for good measure. So, good old-fashioned grudge match coming up. Two very, very solid workers. Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. Who is going to get the victory? I'm going to go. I'll go first. Just because I, I very much enjoyed his tie-dye suit, um, Seth Rollins. And, ironically, then it popped up in my Facebook feed that I could buy one from Wish. <laughs> so, yeah, I was like, how small is it going to be when it arrives? Because I really do want that tie-dye suit. <laughs> <laughs> if you got it from Wish, it's going to be like a pinstripe one by the time it arrives. bit well. Seb. <laughs> When Seb's running around in a tie-dye suit, <laughs> you know what's happened. <laughs> I I am gonna jump in with an entire disagreement to your pick. I am picking Cesaro for the win. I think it's his time. 
I think that this is where they finally right the wrongs of 2014 for Cesaro. So he wins the the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, the first the first one ever. Let's not forget that that old adage. And then he gets made into a Paul Heyman guy, and then seemingly becomes one of the only two people to not succeed with Paul Heyman as as he's you know under, under the tutelage of the other obviously being uh, Curtis Axel. They've missed the boat for far too long on this guy. Uh, I, I feel like this. There's a few people on the SmackDown roster that need to be pushed towards that top title, and Cesaro is one of them. And Seth Rollins is the stepping stone. So I'm, I'm picking Cesaro this time out. We've got some got some big nods going on there, Mister Cook. I am absolutely with you on this one. Um, when I looked at that, I, I spent quite a long time looking at this match because, like instinct on this, I was just like Seth Rollins. And then I went back and looked at it again. And I was like, do you know what? This feels very much like a Cesaro win for that very reason. Like, what what are they going to do with him otherwise? What are they doing with him otherwise? It feels like the right time to give him a win and a push. So when I thought about it a bit longer, I actually put some bit of time into it. I was like, no, I'm going Cesaro on this one. Cool. Mr. Williams? Same. Uh, everything that's been said in the like, last couple of minutes sort of ticks the boxes for me. He's, he's one of the guys, along with Big E, that you'd imagine by the end of the year should be in the top title picture. So, yeah. Um, what I would say with this one is, that it, of the matches that are announced for the first night, I'd imagine this is this is the standout match, or the, the match that's got the potential to be the best of the night. Um Potentially argue that it could be the one that goes the longest as well. This is the one that they could invest like a good 20, 20, 30 minutes in to give them time to build the story, give them time to tell the story and stuff like that. And it could be, like you say, a good springboard for them to say, like Cesaro, he's you know he's arrived, so to speak. He's on the he's on the level that he can be to get to the the title picture and stuff like that. So yeah, excellent. So from the one that we think is possibly going to be the uh, best match of the night one to see where... I'm with Matt on this one. The the fact that we have to talk about this actually makes me feel physically ill. <laughs> well, you'll, you'll be even happier then. Shall, shall we just agree? That we, we're all, we all know what's going to happen, so should we, we just all put it down in the book and not three, discuss it? Should we say after three? One, two, three... Yeah, so for, for those of you that may have missed it, I am talking about the Bad Bunny and Damien Priest versus The Miz and John Morrison tag team match. So I think the entire podcast will be in agreement that we hope that this is the last time that we see Bad Bunny on WWE TV. Um, after his badly mined performance at the Royal Rumble, he's been in the business yeah, of... Oh, yeah, I, mean, I can. I can only hope. Only hope. It depends how many T-shirts he sold. Let's be honest. So yeah, after the performance at the Royal Rumble, he's been all up in the business of Mister. Well, the then Mister Money in the Bank, the Miz, and the match has kind of really been coming since that point, and probably could have happened sooner if they hadn't have um, had Miz cash in and there was a, a, a brief eight days where he changed gears for a little while to become the champion. Um, Dim Priest. Clearly, just the muscle for Bad Bunny. Uh, it's just, he's been paired with the rapper ever since the roar after the Rumble. But 
the tag match as it is was only really finalised this past Monday on Raw because we could have had it much worse, gentlemen, because until mon- until Monday night this past week, we were getting a singles match. So a guy who's never wrestled a televised match in his life versus a guy who's been doing it solidly for about, what, 15 years and the rest, maybe? So apparently there was rumours doing uh, the rounds that that John Morrison and Damian Priest were carrying injuries and it was possibly going to be left up until the last minute to decide whether or not it would be a tag match it must be healed up by now because it was it was all made official like I say so uh, who who do we think but based on Miz and Morrison's previous as well who is going to win what they should have blatantly billed as the battle of the MCs this weekend all going bad bunny still nobody changed their mind yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, and as I'm sure we're all, like, no one's under the illusion that we're not going to be getting the elaborate entrance for him where he sings himself to the ring, accompanied by several people in costume that are just, you know, there for nothing else than a payday. Booker T. Uh, yeah. If I if I was gonna would... if I was gonna have a grumble. This would be my grumble because I feel that it's matches like this that are an insult to the Institute of WrestleMania. WrestleMania is like the, well, the pinnacle of the of the pay per view year, and it's matches like this that keep coming up that keep watering down the product. Give it well, the a ar- frigging rest. The argument here is if they don't have time for the Andre the Giant uh, Memorial Battle Royal on the show, why is this on there? All the hundred percent. All the SmackDown tag titles, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. The week is bloated enough as it is, and we've got to put up with this shite that's going to go on for, what, 30 minutes? You know. But, yeah, and then then we get to all kind of get cross again when he gets put into the Hall of Fame in, like, next year or something. Yeah, probably. Well, he'll be in good company, won't he, after this year's celebrity inductee of William Shatner. <laughs> the, only, the only part of that announcement that I enjoyed was the comment on the uh, Facebook post that I saw that said, beam me up, Scotty Too Hotty. I did enjoy that. <laughs> was, that, was, that was the most I got from it. I, he, he narrated the uh, Breaking Ground series on the um, WWE Network back in his early days and obviously he had a couple of guest appearances but I'm, I'm really not sure why else he was put there it's, it's just, just I, like different. I don't know you know like you kind of hear about like other you know I know they've got I, I presume they've got a Hall of Fame because obviously other you know it's a big deal in America a Hall of Fame so if you get like you know is it Cran- Cranton um, Canton Ohio but, uh, that's is that the baseball one? That's a massive deal for like baseball players, and it's really taken super fucking seriously. And you know, you kind of think if there was a wrestling hall of fame, that people would go and people would kind of you know appreciate seeing stuff about the wrestling. Like, yeah, I was listening to David Shoemaker, who's written like wrestling books, and he does a wrestling podcast and stuff like that. He says, if, if you go to the WWE warehouse, it is insane, the memorabilia that they've got. It just It's just a warehouse full of stuff they could fill. 
this kind of thing. So they could make a proper Hall of Fame, but if they make a proper Hall of Fame, people are going to go and piss themselves laughing when you go to the William Shatner thing or the Donald Trump one or whoever else that's there instead of going to see the actual wrestling ones. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, and like I said, you know, no doubt in five years, Bad Bunny will be put in the Hall of Fame. And it's just, it seems to make a mockery of something that means means a lot to some people. You know, like it means a lot to the rest. It seems, you know, it means a lot to the wrestlers because they put it on their signatures. Is it like Booker T puts it like Hall of Fame times two, don't you? Or like, you know, stuff like that. And, yeah. Well, yeah. You've got, you've got to think as well. Like people like, like this, like one of the inductees from technically from 2020, but obviously the ceremony's uh, going out this week for um, British Bulldog. Yeah, people have had petitions, you know, people have had like actual petitions and his daughter's done a lot of the groundwork to get British Bulldog into the Hall of Fame. That that guy had the career to warrant it, putting, you know, the hours when, at a time really when, you know, it was before the boom period of wrestling. It was kind of on the, when it was on its way back up and he was definitely a driving force as to why we even got a pay-per-view over here in, you know, back in 92. And it's taken them all this time to think, oh, do you know what? Yeah, let's put that guy in. And then they just, you know, seemingly pick celebrities' names out of the air. It is, it is a strange one. I agree. So we've, uh, we, it's a good job we didn't have a clock for that one because we definitely have more than 30 seconds on it. So. <laughs> so we've actually only got two more matches to discuss on night one of the WrestleMania card. Both title matches. So the first one is a SmackDown women's title. Sasha Banks going in as champion versus Bianca Belair. And we have talked about the build for this since the Rumble, because obviously Bianca Belair won that. And it's it's easily been one of the most featured things on WWE TV since that time. After announcing Sasha Banks as her opponent of choice, the odd pairing was put together. You'll remember we talked about this before and they, they had a shot at winning the women's tag team titles at Fastlane. And as myself and Matt predicted on that uh, podcast, it was the start of the falling out between the two with Banks then ultimately taking the heel role and, and almost regressing, if you like, six to eight months back to the character that she had with uh, with Bailey over the last year. Might not go down too well with uh, with Matt this bit, but the I, I did want to put an honourable mention in there for Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler at this point. I know Nia Jax is Matt's favourite, but they have both helped to develop the individual women's title matches that are scheduled for the for the coming weekend, whilst managing to hang on to their own tag titles. Um, the, 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 there is another question besides who will be the winner of this match um, I've not put it down for points but just generally I'd like to know what you guys think in that will this be given the headline spot on night one what are we thinking to that right last match mm-hmm. been, been a couple of years since they had the women's triple threat go on last there's an argument to say that if it's over two nights, why not the women one night and the men the next? That would be and, the smartest way to do it. And if they do that, it also means that the Royal Rumble winners will go on last both nights because there's absolutely, absolutely no way that that triple threat match for the Universal title is not going on last on Sunday. 
So it it would be like the added sort of prestige of winning the Rumble as well, I suppose. What do we reckon? Do you reckon it will though? Do you, do you reckon they'll? I'm gonna go. Drew? I'm gonna say yes. I... I'm gonna say the the thing that makes the most sense. I'm, I'm going to agree with Andy on that yeah. one. And split it down the middle because I've sort of. So yeah, we're going. With, I I agree. I I think it it will be as well. Um, I was toying with the idea of obviously putting this last in the predictions for that reason, but I, I didn't go with that because everybody knows that I love Drew McIntyre. So you know, how about it? If, um, I was going to say if if Drew hadn't been last on last year, then then I think you know they kind of boxed themselves into a corner because it's because I was like, oh, well, what what's going to be the main event? On that, you know, well, you know, what could they have done differently, kind of for the second night, and then obviously you think, ah, yes, the triple threat. And there's no way they're gonna not put that on last on the second night. So yeah, I think with the build up and obviously like how much effort they put into putting Bianca Belair over for the past like what since since November time, um, I think you know it's 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 something that they they should do. They should you know they need to do. Obviously, after dumping the was it the Evolution um, women like the women's only pay per view kind of thing, it's then it kind of yeah you know, and kind of making this big kind of deal around that time about how oh you know we're going to make more um, you know women's wrestling more prevalent and all that kind of thing. Obviously, there's the, the uh, Carmella kind of shooting on them for only having ten minutes. Of women's wrestling in uh, in Raw um, this week, um, you know, I think they've got to try and start doing something to kind of show that they're getting it, which would suggest. But then, you know, I say that, and then I immediately think, yeah, yeah, what we're talking about now. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, it should be, it should be. Um, but so. So then, based based on the fact that we're all in agreement as to it probably will be the last match on night one, will we all be in agreement as to who's going to win? I would have thought so. I. Yeah. It's that. It'd be surprising if they have it close the show, and then have the sort of the damp squib of Sasha retains. Surely. Based, this we're obviously skipping ahead an entire night and an entire podcast, but does the the fact that we think the universal title will close the show on night two and whatever we may feel about how that's going to end, does that have any bearing on how we think night one will end? I'm I'm tempted no. I'm, I'm tempted to put Sasha Banks to be honest. I'm, I'm undecided. We've got some, we've got some head shaking going on there, Mister Cook. What's going on? Nah, it's uh, Bianca Belair all, all, all day, every day. There's absolutely no way uh, Bianca Belair's not winning this one. <laughs> no way, Sasha Banks is retaining. <laughs> are, are, are all three of you going for Bianca? Yes, please. I'm, I'm going Bianca Belair. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for Sasha just for the points. I was just about to say, cue Stew playing for points. <laughs> well, I was, I was tempted. 
I was tempted, and the fact that you three have all picked that it gives me an opening there. So, I've I've already pulled the sneaky heel move on the title win tonight. I'll you know try it again. Why not? It worked once. See if it works again. Maybe it is punching people in the groin. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> Good old Corey. Um, so, the last match we have to talk about then on this podcast, gents, is the WWE title match between current champion Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre. So Lashley ended up being the guy to ultimately benefit from last year's Money in the Bank shenanigans between giving it to Otis and then eventually going to Miz. And in the end, neither of them really needed it because it might as well have been given straight to Bobby Lashley. So after brokering the deal with the Miz and taking out Drew McIntyre to set up the initial clash um, after Elimination Chamber, Lashley took the title from the Miz just eight days after the Miz picked it up. Despite Lashley being on the up, though, it hasn't all been plain sailing in the build-up to WrestleMania, um, with the demise of the Hurt Business stable happening just last week. Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander ended up losing the Raw Tag Team titles to the New Day a little while back, then failed to help Lashley take out Drew McIntyre in the build to WrestleMania. This led to a bit of tension. Things broke down, and the, the WWE champion himself expelled the former tag champs from the group. In, in in a move that I'm not overly keen on, um, Lashley then issued almost like a bounty on Drew McIntyre's head and said that anybody that takes McIntyre out before WrestleMania could have McIntyre's spot in the title match. I I think that makes the champion look weak, personally. And I know it gave him the, the easy option of then Drew McIntyre just being able to kind of spout that at Lashley, but I, I just don't. Um, it didn't sit too well with me that the bit that did sit a bit well, a bit better with me was the fact that then Drew just basically proceeded to kick the absolute living shit out of anything that moved um, that came near him for the following two weeks after that announcement <sighs> and because of that the initially scheduled match still remains intact so will the almighty era of Lashley continue after the weekend or is it once again Drew's time to shine on the grandest stage what are we thinking well, I was absolutely convinced that this was like a do-over. So obviously, the the whole, the whole point of the Royal Rumble last year was to sort of like make a new star, get him the big pop at WrestleMania as far. And I've been saying that for the past couple of months on the podcast, and so I think I even called for Drew to win the Rumble, and then obviously get the title match to win it back, and so and then that all went to shit. So, um, I don't know. I just I just feel after all this time that like me sort of building it up and building it up it's going to end as a bit of a damp squib and I I don't, I kind of hate this one because I kind of I, obviously I'd like to see him put it back on Drew because I think Drew as the champion is a good thing but I also like Lashley as like a dominating heel champion for the next six months or whatever mm-hmm. so either way I'm not going to be disappointed but I kind of want him to stick with Lashley a little bit more to sort of get him over as this heel heel guy until they're ready to bring, you know, Broccoli back in for the eventual payoff between those two at SummerSlam or something like that. So I've kind of done a full 180 on this one and I think I think it will be Lashley will retain. I did not expect you to pick that at, at the, the, when we started recording this. I, nope. I Almost to the point where when I was writing this out, the, the, the predictions out, I almost put that one in 
for you, thinking that after everything, <laughs> I know. just shows, just shows. Um, Andy, do you want to go next? It's Drew for me. Um, it, it's felt. I don't know. I don't know quite how to explain it. But it's felt weird that he's not been the champion like this time that he's not been the champion it, it seemed it seemed a really weird sort of thing for me and it feels like things are a little out of kilter so it feels like it needs to go back to him like that one uh, it needs to go back to him for a bit more of a of a of a champion run um to sort of cement that a bit more um i will i will uh, say that um, Paul mentioning uh, old uh, Broccoli, uh, I did see a thing uh, in, in my research mentioning uh, uh, one Brock Lesnar's return uh, being on the cards. Who knows? So yeah, you, it Drew for me. It has, it has been a full calendar year without him, so... Some some statistic in that it's the for the is it the first time in th- something like thirty three years that is it Undertaker either Undertaker Shawn Michaels or Triple H hasn't been on the card. It's a ridiculous ridiculous run. You'd probably argue that Lesnar has been that sort of standing for the last however many years with his you know I know he's only been part time but it will be strange to have a WrestleMania without Brock Lesnar. But who's to say that? Like, if, if Andy's calling it now he might turn up but I, I, I wonder if they'd maybe keep that more for like it, it's, it feels more like a Raw after Wrestlemania kind of a deal or like maybe the first Raw when they've got fans like back in an arena like properly we'll see we'll see how that, that plays out so we've got a 50-50 split so far um, I'm going to err on the side err been from it Scotland air on the side of, of Mr. Drew McIntyre as well. Um, no secret that this is absolutely a heart of a head pick because Drew's a better WWE champion than Lashley, so screw <laughs> off it. Yeah. So there, so no, 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 no. I'm going to get all all mature about it, and uh, yeah, no, I, I, Drew better win. I'll be I'll be absolutely seething if Drew does not win. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's uh, McIntyre for me. So for the last prediction Mr Moore over to you I'm like up until what two weeks ago whenever whenever they split the the Hurt Business up I would have said Drew because then I would have said the end of the Hurt Business would start with him losing the, the, the championship at Wrestlemania and then everything else will fall apart but then the fact that they've done it now they kind of oh man I, I, I don't know this is, this is the one like I know I know you've got to predict I will make a prediction but I genuinely don't know part of me is like Lashley's not had it very long and what will they do with Lashley if he hasn't got the belt because without a belt he's, he's a bit useless you know he's not a good promo he's not I you know he has had more mic time in the last month than he's had in the entire 16 years before. Yeah. Like, he has, he's got better in a very short space of time, but he's also got MVP carrying that like that bag as well. So. And, it, 
it's what it's what what yeah. You know, what are they going to do with MVP? What are they going to do with Lashley without the belt? Because I think they need it. Um, but then on the other side, you think, well, what if McIntyre doesn't win? Where's he going to go? Because unless it unless it is Broccoli Rob coming back and he kind of wants to avenge his loss to to Drew. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, whilst Matt's deciding, uh, as we've mentioned him, special little shout out to MVP for uh, colour coordinating his suit with uh, Bobby Lashley this week. Look, 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 very, very nice. Uh, I can't, I can't help but feeling though that he's he's got some new specs as well, and he he looks a little bit like a to- like a tortoise out of his shell. Strange. But, yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna go with Bobby Lashley, and I immediately regret it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all fair. If you want to change it, tell me now. No, no, I, it, it doesn't matter who I pick. I'll immediately talk myself around to the other one. <laughs> so, but well, like Matt said, there, if he does, if he does lose the title. What does he do? What's his like? What's he's like? He's in like a total no man's land for the next two, three months. Like, if he's not the champion, what program does he fit into? Like, just like going around, just absolutely just annihilating Cedric and Sheldon for the next two months. I mean, it just doesn't part make sense to me now. Part, part of my part of my thinking as well thinks is that. Paul Heyman's busy with Roman Reigns, so old old Brock needs his mate to help him out. So yeah, it it, it is a difficult one. I can see it from the point of view that if Lashley retains, Drew Drew could probably walk into a feud with like any. I mean, obviously Randy Orton was was done last year, so I, I wouldn't say it would be Orton. But who's to say that? They won't drag him through the old uh, the ringer with a fiend for a little bit as well, because that would be something that they've not investigated yet. Obviously, they like to dig deep and into the histories and stuff, and and that's all they've talked about for the last year as to how he was the chosen one, and then he got fired, and all the rest of it, and then three MB and blah blah blah. So like, they've got plenty of ammunition if they do decide to go down that route with somebody like the fiend for for one. Um, Obviously, Strowman could be there or thereabouts um, as as a contender as well. So there's a potential for for Strowman. I mean, if you've seen his recent attire, he'll have to stop going around doing a bit of landscape gardening and actually concentrate on the wrestling for a change. But there's the option of um, <laughs> there is the option of uh, you know Drew versus Braun as well, which which, which appeals to me. So the, the the main thing is though that. I still want Lashley to lose, so there. So that's it. At the end. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that that is it. That that is night one fully covered in terms of predictions. Um, like I said, we are we are doing part part two, so do join us again for that one coming up. But for this episode of Getting Over, anybody got any other business? No, okay, sir. cool. Right, well, thank you very much again for joining us, and uh, we shall see you very, very soon.
There you go, what do you think of that? That there is part one of the first night of WrestleMania. Tune in tomorrow for part two of the second night of WrestleMania. A lot of wrestling. If you're checking us out on YouTube, do subscribe. If you're already subscribing, get a friend or a family member to do it. If you're listening to us, subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. So that's it for this one, but tune into the next one to find out what we think is going to happen on night two. Till then, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then. Bye.